Welcome to episode three of Back the Girls podcast season two. We are flying through this season and it's kicked off the Six Nations are here. We look back on Wales's game versus Ireland and we talk a lot about Wales because let's be honest, we're Wales's biggest fans. Um, some other games did happen as well, which we'll touch on. And we take a look at the next round, round two, and how crucial that is for Welsh momentum. We've also had some engagement from Nigel Walker some news on strategy and under-20s. Very exciting stuff. Still lots to do, but let's hear about it all on Back the Girls Pod. So, Lori, when Tails and I were in dubs, what did you get up to? Oh, just this and that, you know, nothing big happened. Just popped down to hospital for what felt like 30 hours. But yeah, my little boy is here, um, safe and sound, thankfully. It was a bit of a mission, um, but Jodie did really well, thankfully. So we're home, enjoying motherhood and in all its glory. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah. I've changed, boys. I don't want to see another drink. I don't want to go out. I don't want to see anyone. I'm just sat there looking at this little face for 24 hours a day. Oh, I think so you can good. tell probably by the bags under my eyes that I don't sleep anymore. I'm just you like actually, this psycho. That you look pretty good. <laughs> oh, you look really good. I was expecting some kind of homeless mess to come on to Zoom this morning, but you put you look better than me and Tails. Yeah, well, what you can see is I'm wearing no clothes underneath. I'm just sat here in my knickers and slippers, <laughs> hoping for the best. Proper mam life. Yeah. No, I have dressed. Even showered yeah. this morning. It's all going so, well, yeah. Congratulations to you and Jordy. Jordy mainly. Uh, what a champion. Yeah, bless you. Doesn't sound like the most enjoying of experiences, I gotta admit. So um well done, Jody. Um, so what's your uh, responsibility then, Lowe's? Obviously, Jody gets to rest a lot now. What are we what are you up to? Yeah, she had a bit of a rough ride, bless her. So I am trying to help her probably more than what the usual partner might have done. But um, you know, I'm trying my hand at everything. <laughs> It's soon um, wear off eh, when I'm back in work, so I'm getting my bits in early, you know? Yeah. And then in about three months' time, I was like, what do you mean I don't do nappies anymore? I did I did about 20 of them in the first couple of days. <laughs> yeah. Have you nailed it? Are you a pro at nappies now? Yeah, well, we did, but now we run out of the smaller size. So now we're in size one, which is in his weight category, but... They just seem so big for him. They're coming up to his nipples, bless him. So I'm like, these ah, can't be right, is it? So <laughs> it's a bit of a plava at the moment, but, you know, we're going with it. i got to ask you, are you petrified that you're responsible for another little human? Yeah. And it wakes me up at night thinking, oh, my God, what if this happens? What if that happens? And I'm like, oh, no, like, stop thinking like that. And then Georgie's like, can you please go and sleep? I've mm. just had about 12 seconds of sleep. <laughs> and I need you to be quiet for a minute. <laughs> but yeah, it, it's nice though. It does yeah. change you. But yeah. Are you an adult Everybody, now? Yeah, everyone's asking like, how is he? And I'm just not replying. I'm just sending photos and I feel like that's my conversation done then. 
I can't take my eyes off him at the moment, but yeah. Oh, bless. Can I just say that is the second time, second week in a row, the Tails' phone has gone off during this session. I mean, we never had that level of unprofessionalism when we had Phil on. <laughs> it's off my computer, though. She's <laughs> Close the app. I know, I'm sorry. No, it's okay. You, you're still new. We're bedding you in. I know, I know. So you wait till this calls for you. You'll be having it all. Who was that? Was it the head of makeup team or? No, I think it... <laughs> I don't. Know. I don't know who it was. They <laughs> leave as well, did they? It was just Phil saying, "Can you please wreck in the pod?" Um... <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I'll, I'll. I normally ignore it. To be fair, I'll call it back in a second. Tarnishing <laughs> her, her legacy and her reputation. <laughs> what are you doing? One job. <laughs> so yeah. So um, it goes off again. I'm really sorry. Gosh, you'll have to leave if it goes off again. We can't be having this. So um, Laurie's been busy. Um, what have you been up to, Tails? What, what did you do on the weekend? Well, obviously, as you know, Hella, we were very fortunate enough to go over to Dublin to the RDS uh, for Jennifer Davis, um, probably better known to people on this part as Treacles. Uh, big 40th birthday party. So, yeah, uh, amazing weekend, like crazy as you expect. Dublin did not disappoint in any way, shape or form. And just, yeah, it's like special, special mention to the fact that we've got our own Six Nations and it was in a sunny weekend and it was just glorious. Like, couldn't have asked for better record crowd in Ireland. And I'm just going to keep glossing over the 40th birthday stuff and talking about rugby. <laughs> She could technically be a grandmother. I mean, she acts yeah. like one, so it's halfway there. <laughs> acts like no grandmother I know acts like she did on the weekend, let me tell you. <laughs> Unreal. Um, so that was probably her seventh, 40th birthday event, and she's still got loads more to go. So Trickle's not going to yeah. do very well this month. No, no I think she's... Um, I think it was 10... 10 40th birthday parties she's got to attend. So I think we were number three. I mean, if she makes five, I'm impressed. <laughs> so uh, I think the last one might actually be down in Cardiff for the France game. So yeah. Oh, she's got open little, invite, isn't it? I, well, I don't see why not. We'll let all six listeners that we've got attend that as well. Why not? Come on down. Yeah. Get involved. <laughs> just make sure if you're getting her a drink, just make sure it's water. She does not need any additional substances. Or- I don't know. If I hear the word baby Guinness one more time, I think I'll just shiver. That's all she went on about. <laughs> She's very excited for her baby Guinnesses. Let me tell you, she had them. Oh, she had them. She did say about 60 times. I'm just having the best day. I'm just having the best day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah, I don't yeah, but we were one. also there for the rugby, hey? So that, yes. that happened. That was awesome. So RDS, maximum, uh, not maximum, that's wrong, um, all-time highest crowd for um, Irish women's rugby. Uh, incredible crowd. Lots of, lots of young kids and families in the crowd as well. So it was a really nice atmosphere. We sat... It doesn't do justice on the telly, does it? So we've watched some highlights back um, on the Sunday and it just doesn't do it justice on the telly at all because you see the, the two sides that are empty but the two sides that were full were full of ice full of energy 
full of love, um, uh, full of Irish. <laughs> so it was a little scattering. It felt like there was only about 10 travelling Welsh there, wasn't it? Um, we were massively outnumbered, but they were very nice to us. Um, we sang some songs in your honour, those. Oh, good. We had some, Do you know what? Okay. I could actually hear you. You say there was a small contingent of Welsh fans there, but it, it sounded huge. But I don't know whether... I think they were just fans of rugby there, weren't they? So any, you know, good piece of phase play or whatever, the crowd were just mm. getting behind it, didn't they? weren't they? Sorry. Yeah. And it was a cracking game to get behind, wasn't it? Fast pace. Oh, so good. Exciting rugby. So obviously we watched it live, so we probably got a different interpretation to you, Lose. How did it look on the telly? Really, really good, actually. I was, like, so happy to see how many positives came away from it. Um, I've looked back at a couple of bits again, though, um, and it's just pleasing, though, that this team can go above and beyond again now because I'm sure they'll right some wrongs and some silly mistakes, more so than um, players not understanding the game. I think it was just done in the heat of the moment, perhaps. Um, where if they just have a look at that, um, think of other options, what they might do next time, that it's going to be a very exciting team to follow. It's nice to see the set piece actually working because it did dip a bit in the last couple of seasons. Um, having Caris Phillips back is, has made wonders, I think. Um, she definitely knows her way to the try line. So that, that's pleasing to see, but it's just as if they are actually working now in their pods. Um, I'm putting some phases together. Yeah. I kept whacking tails tonight. It's like, back, peel, uh, back drive. We've got a back drive on the line out. So, you know, that's really exciting stuff. That's confident stuff, isn't it? Um, yeah. Hey, and I be- told you, Donna Rose, once she finds a try line once, she'll find it again. And she did twice, but, you know, one was, wasn't given. I love it when props go. It actually makes me really happy. I love it. Oh, I drop the baby when that happens. Now. All I needed to do now is a 40-metre sprint to the try line. Oh, That'll be sure. my element. And then that. Get me off. <laughs> <laughs> sub, sub, sub. Just for those who, who can't see the video, because it is a podcast, Tales, um, you've got a lot of training to do. <laughs> she did the, the universal sign for, I need to come off ref. I'm not good now. Yeah. <laughs> Um, no, yeah, so Donna Rose comes on to scores true. Uh, scores scores two. Does she start for you next week on the back of that? Hundred percent. I felt her position in the scrum was a little bit stronger as well, um, but that's not knocking um, Kerry Sale and that. I thought she did a good job, um, but I just think she's got that little bit more of an edge, um, and it did. I felt as if it held the scrum a little bit more. Sturdy anyway. Mm. Top of scrums. If I oh, ever see go. them elect to go for a scrum in their own half when they're only three points ahead, I almost had a breakdown. <laughs> oh, I was like, what? Who made that decision? But, you know, it worked for them. So they had some confidence in their scrum and things. But, oh, my Lord. What led to that then? Was it Had a them? penalty? Was it a penalty or? They had a penalty. And they went for scrum. The scrum had been working well. I'm not taking that away from them, but they were in their own half. I think it was probably close to 22 metres as well. And they, it was middle of the field. And they went for scrum. Mm. 
when so there was also let's stay on the scrum so when sean had come on she went to eight and she went in what do you think of that tales good call yeah i liked it and just to touch on the stuff with donna rose to go back like it's interesting isn't it? like does she start or does she come off the bench does sean start or does she come off the bench because she had like um I felt like those substitutes really added something to where they were in the game. And you like you 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 tie that into what like Yoan said at the beginning of the week, saying like, oh, we want to be that team that can go again, like with 15 minutes to go, 20 minutes to go. And like there's a danger, isn't it? Like you come on and you smash it like that. There's a danger you become that impact player because ultimately if that's what they're looking for, do you go for like consistency, weather the storm and then offload the bench? So yeah, I, I don't know. Like I, I like, it was so good to see Sean back um, just in that arena. Like we, we all know that she is born to be in that space. Um, so yeah, I, like hopefully they did enough to sort of keep their positions, but it's, I suppose it's that balance now, isn't it? Of like, do they, do they remain super impact subs? Um or do they get a start in Jersey? We've not had that depth where we can bring um, strength off the bench and actually lift the team. I think historically we've um, not weaker players, that's the wrong term, but you know, it's maybe we've always started strong and maybe the bench hasn't always had the impact that it had on the weekend. So, like you you alluded to it, Johan said, you know, we're gonna blow people away in the last bit. So to bring the likes of Sean Ed and Donna on, who are that little bit more feisty, a lot bring a lot more aggression into the game and can really raise the tempo. Um, yeah, for me, I like I like the impact that can bring off the bench. But yeah, yeah exactly I'm Fionn, like Fionn out. Like I thought she added some like serious like uh, intent mm. from from scrum half. So I think yeah, like it's it's that probably that combination for me of like how they use those players to the best of their ability. I think it's been really interesting here in the back of all the media this week of saying, uh, is it because they've contracted? And obviously like the players kicking back, not kicking back, but sort of certainly saying, we have only been professional for sort of two and a half months and that's only 12 of us. And like, I don't know, it's really interesting take on it. Like, I don't know, do you, do you think that was down to them having a contract for two and a half months or was that something we had in us anyway? I think it's more so to do with the results of how the men and the 20s performed. They've now got an even bigger point to prove that they deserve to be on this stage and whatnot. So even though they've had the contracts, I think it was just a click of the finger saying we have to perform and get a result here because if we start badly, God knows who's going to turn against us. And you can see from social media already how many people are behind the girls and you know, really supporting them that with the likes of Mike Phillips tweeting, um, local boys down here, your typical old school club rugby men coming up to us and saying, how good is that game? People I'd never think would tune into it. So it's just so good that it's on telly for that extra audience as well. And people actually talking about how well they played. Absolutely. My brother was up there at the rugby club and he rang me to say all the men were sat up there watching it and cheering. So that was probably happening across like the whole rugby club scene in Wales. That's awesome, right? Um, yeah. Let's stay with the bench though. Lowe's, what's your thoughts? Do we ring the changes or uh, stick um, with how it was, the impact? Yeah, I've just got, you know, I've got a few opinions on it. It's, it's, um, it's funny to me that Taylor thought that Fionn was brought intensity in that because it's different to how you were watching it live perhaps to how I saw it on on telly but I don't know what the message was but I 
I thought it was quite a bit slower at the base of the ruck and things when she came on. So I don't know whether she was told maybe to settle it down um, and make sure, you know, people were in place before that ball went out. But I was just like, come on, let's get it out. Let's bring the intensity. Come on, fire. They're not in the defensive line. Their structure was all over the place. Let's go. Let's hit it hard. And when you did get a quick ruck, just like you saw in that last play, how good, I don't know what... Ireland's defence was doing, running backwards for, I think they were going for 100 metres sprint in the wrong direction, but it came to Robin. Robin stepped to her line. I thought Robin did really well with her line. Passed yeah. early as well, put Hannah in space, and Hannah just did the rest. Glide, good as Hannah glides. Yeah. yeah, I'm with you, Lowe's, on the like speed of, ble- speed of play. Like, I always like, for me, if the ball's at the back of the ruck, we go, but I suppose it's whether or not we've got the rest of the structure it in place to actually be able to do that as in like we've found our shape and we've got we've got a, an option but like for me I think what we what I saw again like like live but like in terms of getting people fired up getting people off the floor like I don't know like probably like getting those forwards to go again for like that last little bit like I think she's very good at like revving people up at the right at the right point um, yeah she's one of those faces though you just want to like <laughs> Work that little bit extra, and she's good at. Yeah. She is good at demanding forwards. I just think Kira pips her for a starting position just because she's got that experience at that level, and plus her boot is probably a little bit better at the moment. But I think the balance was from half is spot on. I'd like. I liked how much minutes she had, um, and for them to keep con- competing at that stage and not on that level, it's only going to make the whole team perform a little bit better. Mm. It's so really... <laughs> the tournament, it's just going to be brilliant, isn't it, for Welsh rugby? Oh, for sure. You alluded to the fact that um, it might have been different in person to on the telly. So I'm sat next to uh, Trico, who's like, what, what level coach is she now? I'm not sure. She told us about nine times. I can't remember, though. Um, you know, she's she's on a, a refereeing journey. Um, so she's watching the game from a referee perspective. So she's looking at different stuff and shouting that out. Then you got Tails, who's um pretty decent coach, looking at it from a coaching perspective and shouting that stuff out. And then you got Ellen Evans, who doesn't really talk. And then you got me <laughs> looking at at um you know proper like full on Welsh fan in the crowd. Um, so I. It's really funny. Everyone was constantly saying different things. And um, I learned a lot, I guess, from Trickle and her, her refereeing comments. She didn't always agree with what was going on on the pitch. And she made sure everyone around us knew it as well. Those poor Irish family sat behind us, Tails. She moved back to be able to tell them more about the laws. So that was, that was fun. They got, they, got a little, they, got a work, they got a live workshop with it, didn't they? <laughs> <laughs> they thrilled with that. <laughs> Uh, No, just on that, though, on referee decisions, like for Wales to concede five penalties, only Mm. five penalties is insanely good. And for none of them to be in the 22 is huge. Like, and I know there's always going to be that, like, uh, difference in referees and different refereeing style. But I think if that's a little tiny snippet of the Wales that we're going to see, I think that's massive because if we can keep teams away from our five-metre line, if we can keep teams... Uh, you know, happily around that halfway mark, we can manage them. Um, so I think that was that's a huge start. That's a massive start at club rugby, let alone international rugby. That's massive. Mm. So let's talk about individuals. Who was your standout player of the match? Who maybe 
perform better than you your, you expected? Go on, Lowe's. Um, it's not um, more than what I expected because I've been waiting for this partnership for um, quite a while now, but I thought Alex Callender and Alicia Butchers together was just insane. And it's about maybe what um, they've not had a chance before because they've been those uh, players off the bench, but where they've been maybe inexperienced before now, they've really come into their own now, especially playing in the Premier 15s as well. It's just added that bit of confidence in their play and the way they work together. I think it's ridiculous and how small they are in their stance and posture and whatever. They really do make a difference. I think he, every single one of them, um, sorry, both of them could absolutely smash my girl, Fonzie. Oh, throwing it right back. I absolutely yeah. agree. So when I went to watch the USA game, this wasn't televised, so, so you didn't get to see this. But that's why I was so excited how well Alicia and Alex Callender played together and how much they complement each other. So absolutely bang on with that, those. But I think for me, the person who... Oh, how do you word this without sounding like disrespectful? I don't mean it. Um, smashed all expectations, I think, for me. It was um, Kaylee at fullback. She managed every single ball and gave us an attacking option as well. Look, Kaylee Powell, she is defensively solid. I've seen it all season with Bristol. She's class. And the partnership she has with Jazz as well is second to none. A couple of opportunities went missing, though, because she decided to throw a dummy instead. I mean, she recycled the ball. We didn't lose possession or whatever. But I think they will look back at that and think there was, you know, something went missing there. Mm. Well, there was a chance from outside. Um, but she, it's out of her system now. First game, we still got the result. Mm. And um, I've, I've, you know, she's been on a bit of a pedestal for me anyway because I think she is a class player. Um, the only thing I would question is what was that quick throw in at a line out? Oh yeah, yeah. That was on the other side of the pitch to us, so we couldn't quite figure that out. Um, yeah, but for me, Katie Powell, because any team's going to be thinking now, well, you know, she's covering the back so so good. You know, what's the what's the kicking strategy now? Because Katie Powell's back That's there. That's her position, though. I w- she is a fifteen. Yeah, she would yeah. be my fifteen every sure. time. Yeah. What about you, Tails? Yeah, look, she is she's starting well, we're starting to see that she's got a little bit of everything to a game, haven't we? Like you touched on it, like defensively, he's um, got a boot, got that level of creativity to play and is it is exciting to watch. For me, it's just a it's a toss-up of like, do we see enough of, of Jazz Joyce on the wing? Like, I don't think she gets enough touches for me. Like, how do we get her into the game better? Um, I think the games I've seen where Jazz is full back. We've seen her carry so much more, um, so that's a toss-up. But yeah, I think I think um, Powell is definitely setting settling in into that position, isn't she? Like I, I wasn't sure where she sat at first because she's got such a wide skill set, and she's actually got a bit of pace on her as well, hasn't she? So there's there's probably different areas of the pitch she could play. Like I'd, I'd probably quite like to see her maybe like at a 13 or at a 10 at some point, like just, I don't know, like has she got that ability to be there just from a, from a creativity perspective. Um, you hear to hear first, folks. <laughs> but no, I, I thought the, I thought the back three actually, they've got a nice balance, haven't they? Like you've got the physicality and Lisa, you've got just the, the, the port, like the just pure gas um, in, in jazz and like such that sort of 
creativity from from Gailey is it's nice. It's it's a great again like conversations we having, isn't it? Where, how where do we put them to get the best out of them? I think Ireland defended Jazz well. I don't think it was that lack of opportunity. I think she did have a few touches. It's just Ireland knew what to expect probably because Jazz is you know one of those players every team would know to look out for her. So I think they did manage well. I mean, she still came away with some brilliant stuff, but I think Kaylee should start in front of her at fullback because she does have that kicking ability, whereas maybe Jazz would probably put her head down and go for it, whether that be the right decision or not. I don't know. So talking about kicking, what do you think about kicking game? Uh, for me, probably just like, I don't know, again, it's different when you're live, isn't it? I think we missed a lot of opportunities at the backfield probably to play. Um, but I think we ended up something like 51% territory. So actually that's okay. Like you can manage that, but yeah, I think there's probably chances to get out of there. You know, we were screaming. Variety. Yeah. Like variety for me, like yeah. just to have like mix up that attack and threat. I, I don't feel like we got great gain line in the first half. Um, so whether we, you know, whether that was because of Ireland's defense, like, can we, can we bring in a kick game to manipulate them? But yeah, I think we, we probably left a little bit out of the kicking game, but probably haven't gone there, but not a bad thing. Like first game in the six nations, if you can add to that as you go, then you, at least you add more variety to, to your, uh, attack as the, as the tournament like unfolds. So from a coaching perspective, um, there was, there was lots of opportunity, um, especially when we were around our 22 and just outside of it to just put it downfield um, and turn them because they they were caught with nobody in the backfield quite often when they and we were screaming like there's so much space like just clear exit out here let's play in there 22 uh, but who caused that is that the outside backs that should be seeing that and passing her in or was it all on snowy to make those decisions yeah I think like your fly half has always got to have one eye ahead of what's happening and, and noticing it like did they notice that majority of, well a lot of the time in that area of the pitch then you had one in the backfield so you can sort of get your kicking game right you can play with them a little bit and I just think that when you've got somebody with um Jazz's speed like why not make them force an exit because judging by how good you know our line out could be like like Lowe's has touched on it's starting to get back to its ways to have a, an attacking line out you know in their half of the pitch because you forced uh, an exit like that would be a great result I think I think maybe we were in danger just overplaying it a little bit when yeah. we probably don't need to do that but yeah I don't know I think probably probably opportunities miss like they'll probably watch it back and have a look at it and, and see where they can add in that the variety in the game like you looked at I think um England's kicking game not really nice variety of kicking uh, I just think from an attacking point of view like we've we've got that skill set now and we've got those players like let's use them mm. So Laurie was outstanding kicker in her day, you know, followed by a little goosey and uh, a punt downfield. So Lowe's, what's your uh, view on our kicking game? Yeah, I mean, it's basically what is said, plenty of opportunities missed. But I just fear that it'll be just glanced over now because they've got the result. Um, my, my issue more so would be, I know they were difficult kicks, but to miss six points in conversions as well, that's, that's going to have to be looked at because that is a difference between <clears throat> winning and losing against other teams. Yeah. So I just wonder whether they're going to change it up in the sense of who can nail those kicks um, to make sure that we're always on the front foot. 
But Snowy can make those kicks, right? Was it just a bad day? We've seen her make those kicks before. Um, that one was just left of the post, right? Like she could nail that. Was it just pressure of the occasion? Or... I think sometimes when you're a kicker, you can just generally like not have your best day at the office. Like, you know, we've seen her do that before for Wales. We've seen her do it week in, week out at, at uh, club level as well. So, yeah, I mean, I'd probably like be worth thinking about where our strength and depth is in, in that. Obviously, we've got um, Flaky still in the in the wings ready. Um, got a great kicking game. So, yeah, probably probably from a coaching perspective, just figuring out what that looks like in terms of if, it, if it's not snowy, who is it? And, and what are the kicking ratios like? A lot of international rugby is, uh, unfortunately, like get into the 22, get your penalty, get your three points and go. And uh, that's how a lot of games start. And it's quite important, I think. So it just it's just a balance, isn't it? You know, if, if, if we get that level of trust and confidence back in our line out and our, and our catch drive game, then there's absolutely no harm whatsoever in going for the corner. But I think certainly early on, it's quite nice to just get um, a shot at post. Uh, I back up and drive every day. So you you mentioned Clakey. Um, on paper, every team in the Six Nations is ahead of us. Um, so there's no easy game, right? So are we likely to see Clakey lows, do you think? Is she, is she going to get um, a shot? Based on what she does week in, week out with Gloucester, we need to because she drills out those 50-22s every week. And mm. if you got that momentum and go forward on that field position, you're always putting teams under pressure. Um, my only concern is, well, we saw it with Wayne Pivak always changing the team up, getting no consistency. Mm. Are we in danger of doing that again with this team if we're not, you know, putting some trust into certain partnerships out there and just like giving them that run of games to build up their confidence and knowing how we want to play our structures and whatever. Yeah. But oh. I am shaky top fan. If you've followed me on Twitter, you will see I am all over. So it's tough, isn't it? These coaching decisions. I'm glad we haven't got to make them. Because I absolutely agree with you. That consistency. Like if you look at Wales men, they were so good for so long because they had that consistency, right, in all the key positions. So but we just gotta there's been hardly any consistency over the last few years in terms of coaching and ideas and strategy and things like that with the women's team. So, yeah, it's it's one match that's hard to see, you know, what he's going to do. So it'll be really interesting when we get to match five and we're on year having won the Grand Slam, um, what, that, what that Six Nations looked like for us and how he bedded everybody in. Okay, we can't just talk about Wales. There were other teams playing on the weekend as well. Um, I don't know if you know Lowe's. I was in Debs, so I didn't get to watch much telly. So I still got to catch up on these games. So I'm hoping that you can <laughs> fill us in on what we've missed so far. Actually, say a lie. We tried <laughs> Tales, didn't we? We tried to watch it on uh, on the ferry coming back, the France game, yeah. but uh, we had Wi-Fi issues. So we kind of give up on that. So uh, what was the scores, Lo? Uh Yeah, so... I didn't catch much of it myself, to be honest, because I was elbow deep in nappies. But um, scrum queens are just amazing, aren't they? So I was following that on Twitter. So I think it was a bit of a slow start with France-Italy, um, from what I gathered. I don't think France were 
firing on all cylinders, but they did come away with quite a substantial uh, win in the end. It was 39-6, I think. Um, but yeah, um, of those that were commenting on the threads, it was like they were expecting, you know, this fast-paced running rugby, and it's just um, not what um, what was presented. But, you know, it is like that first game jitters and things and how they develop through the tournament then it's, it's going to prove vital then to your final standings, isn't it? So England, France and Wales all get in the first wins. So I've That's already said Wales will be top three yeah. based on your opening counter. But um, it's, it's just what you expect now. And then, you know, England being England, of course, they got a win. Um, and it was 50-odd points. 53-5, was it? 57-5. 57-5, mm. yeah. That's exactly what you were saying, Lowe's. It's like that momentum. Like, you're never going to be the finished product in your first game, but you just, it's vital to come away with that win, doesn't it? Because it sets up the rest of the tournament and that momentum and that confidence. So Wales, for... God, the first time in a long time, win their first game and winning the top part of the of the table to start with. Who would have thought we're we're right there with France and England after weekend one? Stop the count, take that, is it? End it now. <laughs> I, <laughs> I think, think if the... off the back of uh, successful autumns, had they not had the build up of games there, you wonder where they might have been. And then all this focus and good news around the team about contracts and whatever, it's just adding to their self-belief and whatever and to pull out a performance like they did. It, it is now, there is some confidence behind this team to go out and produce these results. Are we talking about Wales again? We're so bad. Yeah, <laughs> I, I just like Wales. I love Wales. <laughs> We're like number one fans. <laughs> to go back to England and France, though, like for me, it just showed like a scary, scary amount of depth that those guys have got in some positions and the quality that they have to return from injury is pretty terrifying. And yeah, like neither of them probably... Um, got out of the blocks as they would expect, but to be able to like go through those 80 minutes and just get better and better and better, like the, the build-up for that, the, you know, the crunch at the end of the tournament, Jesus, like that is going to be some game, I tell you. And if, and if the crowds are anything to go off, like that we saw in France, all waving their little trickle, I was like mad. Mm-hmm. I think, oh, it's, you know, like they're, they're just going to get better and better. So yeah, probably not the starts that they they want it, but they'll certainly be super chuffed to come away with a bonus point wins. And like you said, like they're all on five points lows. So they've, you know, there'll be like little bits of room to, to get better, but they'll, they'll be definitely happy. I think Scotland, that's a real tough ride. Wasn't it like Jade Conkle, like 50th cap class, like what a player, mm. I think like the challenge for next week for, for Wales versus Scotland, they'll just be like that back row, like how we manage their back row, because I think they've got some real talent in there as well. Plus, there's some quite tasty little matchups, isn't there, in the back line? So, yeah, yeah, the back three as well, isn't it? Yeah, there'll be some good little ones head to heads in the class next week. Mm. Yeah. So, I'm, I'm super excited for this game because I think Scotland are developing something quite special their end. And obviously, you know, Wales are on their journey as well. So, I think next week is going to be a great matchup. Um, 
I expect it to be fast paced, really both sides gunning for it. Um, but then on the back of that, we could be 2-0 up. You know, and that is unprecedented. Then they're winning the first two games of the Six Nations. So that sets us up for the rest of the tournament quite nicely. Blows, what are you expecting against Scotland next week? It's a, it's a must-win game. Mm. There's no other option. If they lose, then it completely tips over your momentum. It takes away, you know, a little bit of that confidence. And plus, it's a bit of an uphill battle then with the rest of the teams they, they're left to face. It's a must-win game. And I'm not saying it's going to be an easy feat as well, but it's something that they they should be expecting to pull off as well. But going back to what we've already spoken about, it's taking those opportunities when they're there because you need everything to be in your favour. So mm. taking the three points, if available, or drilling it downfield to get that five-metre line out or whatever, um, to get a driving mall and whatever. So it is about playing smart, but it is playing with that level of confidence that you should be able to pull off a win. Mm. Yeah, I think like for me, Scotland are one of the most genuinely cohesed teams. Uh, and I mean that, like they will play for each other, like their bond that they've created throughout all the World Cup qualifier stuff up to now is, is insane. And I think if we allow ourselves to get in that arm wrestle, a little bit like we did in Ireland, as I'm not saying that Ireland aren't, but Ireland are in a very different place. You know, they mm. had seven caps, new coach, haven't qualified for World Cup. They've had a lot, you know, all the turmoil off pitch. Scotland a different gravy when it comes to that. And I just think like, that's the danger for me. Like if we go into that arm wrestle with them and we don't take those chances loose, they will fight for each other to the death. And I think that's something that will be a massive um, test of character for Wales. Cause I think that's probably something that from the outside looking in, you just probably pip Scotland for at the moment. So I think that, yes, there's going to be a challenge to convert it, but a lot of this will come down to, to want to win. And I think you, you, you smashed it there, Lose. Like this would have been one of those games that you looked at the fixture list and said, We have to win this game. When you also take into account that they will now be in our World Cup pool. Like it just adds another level of spice to it. So yeah, massive must-win game because the next three games will be very, very difficult. Well, what's nice though is we've got to remember Wales were losing out in Ireland up until the last 20 minutes or so, wasn't it? So mm. how many, how many times have we seen this team just fall off in the last 20 minutes? and not be able to claw it back. So now that they've done that, it's just having that maturity again, if it was to happen again against a different team, knowing that they can pull themselves out of that position and can, you know, flip the switch a little bit, get the ref on side, play in the right areas, produce some magic like what Hannah Jones did at the, at the very end. But, I mean, it's not good for my nerves, but... <laughs> It's it's good that we're finally seeing this team play an 80-minute game of rugby. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. I don't think Wales of the last three seasons would have would have come back from that. It would have been head down and this is an uphill struggle. So yeah, this is the new look Wales, right? This this Wales team has the potential to be the best Wales team ever. Um we're not there yet, obviously, but um, you know, we could be, and that I think that's really exciting. So Looking ahead to this week's fixtures, um, because otherwise we'll just keep talking about Wales. Uh, there are other games. <laughs> so I'm going to ask you your predictions for um, round two. I'm asking you to go all out, commit to a winner, right? Scores on the doors. Right, France Island, what are we thinking? 
in France. France. Don't even need to debate that. It is what it is. Um, I think Ireland will be hurting after that because, um, well, they probably thought the game was theirs, especially going in at halftime. They did play very well in the first half. Um, but I I don't know. I, I just think it, it's France, you know, much like the men's team, once they've got momentum, once they're performing well, I'm not saying that, you know, it was the best of opening games for them, but mm. they had a really good result. They're going to go again now against Ireland and they will expect to beat Ireland. Mm. Obviously, it's still early this week. It's Tuesday morning. We're recording this. We haven't seen the teams yet. So we anticipate, I anticipate a, a big France win, to be honest. Um, Tales, you alluded to it earlier. You know, Ireland are on a, a difficult journey, transition point at the moment. And, and France are looking really good. Right up there. One of the best teams in the world. So it's one-sided, that prediction. Tails, England and Italy, what are you thinking? Uh, while we say Italy, can we please just do a, a massive shout-out to Rigoni, who is becoming like TikTok <laughs> mega star of the Six Nations. Like She's just, took, like I don't know, she's just found a niche, I think. Um, she's she the coolest bad. rugby player in the world. Oh, like just the, yeah, just... So relaxed and chilled and 50th cap uh, had like played really well, really, really well against France. And I think she's just going to grow and grow and grow in this tournament, if not become the star of it, certainly for Italy. But um, for me, probably going to be uh, an England win. I just think from strength and depth, like the, the power that that forward pack can probably unleash against Italy will just be a little bit too much to manage. But having said that, I would absolutely love nothing more than Rigoni to come and do something worldy in that game. Lowe's? Yeah, it's going to be an England bonus point win. But oh. I do think Italy's mall will cause disruptions. Because once they click there, it is quite a feat to take down. Mm. How tough? Can we just say like, how tough is Italy's like opening two games of the Six Nations? All right. Every year, but they're like... Oh. Got this one, oh, little cheeky <laughs> roll with the shoulders, little, little warm up. Here we go. Like, wow, those two games. How does that affect you? You, you come out, you play against the two best teams in the tournament. It's only going to make you better. I know the results, you know, might dishearten you a little bit, depending yeah. on what. I'd be fascinated to know. Like, it would be a great opportunity to ask the listeners of the pod if anybody knows what, like, the. Um, the mood is like in Italy and what they feel about, about that team. Because for me, like we've said it before, Gem, like they're dark horses of this tournament. And I don't, I like, I'm not really sure where they're going to be come World Cup time, but like they fascinate me because they've just had the same, seem to have the same player group for years. Um, like, I don't know what it's like over there. Like if anyone has any info on it or like want to share these, like it'd be class to know what they've gone through and what, what their setup is like. Like, I don't even know if they're, contracted or, or whatever it looks like for them but they just always seem to punch way above their weight so yeah we'll so we were discussing on the weekend when we, we don't know what the setup is there what the league structure is like and the whole website is in Italian so um, that's no good to us <laughs> um, so if anybody has some insights please share it but yeah I'm predicting a big England win on this but like you said coming off the back of these two games it's, it's no um it's not an outright cry if Italy just go ahead and smash the last three, right? It's absolutely within the capability. Um, so I think weekend three is where we're going to see the big shift. What happens in round three is really going to impact what happens in the rest of the tournament. 
and the and the table standings. Um, so that's um, three votes for France, three votes for England, and then the big one, the showdown at the cap, Scotland, uh, Wales v Scotland. Where are you going, Lowe's? It's, it's got to be Wales. It has to be Wales. If it's not, I'll throw my toys out the prop. <laughs> or Kai's to toys out the prop. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, just, I really just hope they get a victory. I don't even care what it looks like. I don't, mm. I, if it's messy or, you know, if it's like a dog fight, I, they need a result to keep producing um, momentum. Mm. for the rest of the tournament. We still got France and England to play. So, you know, two from two puts us in a really good position, doesn't it? Um, and who knows, Friday night lights down a cap play in France at home. Oh, I'm just so excited about that. I think history could be made that night, um, round three. What do you think, Tails? Scotland, Wales? Uh, Wales for me I think massive opportunity like Lou says uh, it doesn't matter if it's ugly ugly. it's about momentum and Mm. this tournament is all about momentum that's what makes it such an amazing tournament but yeah I think if we can avoid an arm wrestle that would probably make my nerves a lot better Um, but yeah I think Wales will ground out the win Good stuff so we're going for France England and Wales for round two um, if you're down at the cap, if you're able to get there, let's get there in numbers. Let's show Scottish travelling fans what Wales is all about. Um, let's get there in huge, huge numbers. Already seen on Twitter that loads and loads of teams are going, loads of the younger under 15s teams are going as well. So um, let, let's. Is Kai coming to his first game, Lowe's? No, he's wearing his suit though to watch the <laughs> island game. He's kitted out, bless him. He's like a short and a top, and the shorts are down to his feet. Bless him. <laughs> that uh, thing is yours. Yeah. He's uh, still a bit young yet, so we are hoping for the last game. Oh, so. yeah. Oh, he'd be growing up then. Treacle's involved, <laughs> isn't she? Is she doing something there? The last uh, game? France home, Friday night lights. Trico's having another 40th birthday party. So, yeah. All six listeners of our pods can come. I said, throw another party for her. <laughs> so, so that's it for our roundup of the Six Nations. Um, there wasn't any club rugby this weekend. Am I right? Bye weekend for everybody. Am I right? Yeah. So, um, just one thing I want to t- touch on before we go. Um, there has been some conversation on Twitter this morning, we've managed to get some engagement from Nigel Walker, which for the first time ever, he's responded to a tweet. Um, and I'll just start by, it was Stuart Cable that put out that um, the Quinns rugby girl, and we know, we all know how strong that setup is there. Cardiff Quinns um, are just producing talent, so much talent, and they often go over the bridge to play to get really competitive games. Um, but worryingly, Stewart put out that uh, there's been no rugby played since December for the under-14s, under-18s. That's a massive chunk of the rugby calendar, let alone, the, you know, the annual calendar, that there's been no rugby played. Um, so then Nick responded with, I was going to ask if there's been any games. Nigel Walker, this makes no sense. She, he's called him out. And for the first time ever, Nigel Walker has responded to a thread. So he's gone back with, this is not my area of responsibility, but I asked Joe Davis for his advice. He gave me a detailed response, which is too long for Twitter, but Joe is going to contact uh, Stuart. So we jumped on that then, because we thought, hang on, 
Nigel's active here. Let's get in on this. <laughs> so we asked um, if Joe is responsible for community rugby, which it seems like he, it's all on him from what we can see. Um, but there's two elements to our game, right? We've got the community rugby, which is thriving, and we've got the performance element, which is struggling or non-existent. Um, so we asked uh, who's responsible for the performance side of the game. And he only came back with a response. Thank no. you, Nigel, for taking time out every day to respond to us. Um, he said, I am. Nigel Walker is responsible for the performance element of the game. He said, I remain hands-on with Johan, Hannah, John, and Bird reporting to him. So there's movement there, I guess, behind the scenes, because we can't see it in in actualization yet. So we said, we're thrilled to hear it now. Thank you very much. So who, so when will the under 20s, senior regionals and premiership get their investment? This has to happen, right? Otherwise we continue to build on sand. So we asked him when the under 20s, when the senior regionals and when the premiership will get their investment. And is there a performance strategy come in? Because without the strategy, we're all going in various directions, right? We all have different thoughts. We need a strategy to line everybody up. So we're all going the same way. And we know where we're going. So he says, I chair a women's strategy group. So that's good news. We didn't know that existed, which is looking at every aspect of the women's game. The output of this group will be a long-term strategy to grow the game in Wales. We are committed to establishing an under-20s team squad. So there we go, hot off the press from the horse's mouth. He said openly he is committed to establishing an under-20s team and squad. Tails, we discussed this on the weekend. How important is the under 20s pathways for our performance element? Yeah, we we chatted about it, didn't we? Just uh, the same weekend, I think England under 20s went out to play France under 20s, which obviously is like a massive. Uh, she got to go. She's got to go. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> um, no, we discussed it uh, over the weekend around where. Uh, under 20s England were actually going out to play France under 20s and just how I, I was talking around you know, knowing some of those girls from Sales Sharks just how much uh, development and experience it gives those players in bridging the gap from age grade into senior rugby it's massive uh, they learn so much around travelling about and uh, adding bits to their game I just think it's huge and you can see what it does for them you can see what level of competition it gives them for jerseys and I just think yeah like what you've just said there from Nigel Walker it's great it's great to have some accountability and, and names to roles because that's what we that's what we need talking the talk right let's keep it in perspective though right nothing's been happening for years and years and years and years they've now invested into the seniors game and we are now having results they've Set up an under 18s, which is what we've been banging the drum for for years and years and years. So, you know, there are there's stuff happening, it's just the communication level that mm. we've been laughing in to see what was coming next, see how things were progressing. So, now that he's you know, put well, pen to paper, I was gonna say then, but you know, put it out there on social media, we can see that things are happening, it's just that we didn't know about it. Mm. Yeah, I think what's massive is we. If we invest in an under-18s programme, for them to have nothing to step into when they pass that age bracket, it's pointless. So yeah. there, has, there has to be something to bridge the gap because if we don't have that in our club, community club game, which sadly we don't have at the moment, like let's be honest, um, we need to get it somewhere else. So that's massive. But yeah, like across the board, like let's not 
forget about having the the global pandemic and what impact that's had on some players. You know, pre this under 18s block, I've known girls that probably last played rugby when they were 15 years old. So like to say you're going to have three years out of rugby at a massive pivotal transition age is huge. So whatever we need to do to throw investment into those guys needs to happen now for me and we need to do it ASAP or we will lose them from the game. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. That ASAP, that urgency, um, like Laurie said, it's it's not just we don't have it right now. We've never had it, right? Or we lost it 10 years ago. So there is an incredible amount of urgency. I sat on various boards and 99% of them are just talking shops. For me, it's about the action now. So I don't know who's in this strategy group, but is it a tick box exercise or are they actually going to create something and actually make it happen? Because unless... He's made something accountable now, haven't he? So we're going to be following up on this. Okay, when was the meeting? Like, when? What's coming of it? What's the action point? Did this? Did he put this together when he came into role? When was that? Like September? We're now in March. You've had what six months? What's what's happened now? Next then. Um, uh, he's also dodged the prem and senior regionals question in that as well but maybe that comes out of the strategy so how long have we got to wait for this strategy still loads of questions and listeners know we're not gonna just sit back and accept it we want action right but um thank you very much Nigel. we are going to tag you in this to uh, acknowledge that you have responded to us and we really really appreciate it and look um we will be hot on your tails obviously because we we love this game so much but we really want to see this be a success and if you give us a strategy if you implement the pathways, we'll be behind it 100%. But if we don't know, then we can't support anything you're doing, basically. And as always, it's an open invite to, to bring yourself along to the pod. So if you want to come on and discuss this this group, this working group and this strategy, Nigel, we would love to have you. So, so there we go. There's uh, episode... What episode is this, girls? Three? Mm. We're flying Three, yeah. through season two. And so much has happened. Brilliant. Thank you very much, everybody, for listening. Um, we'll see you down at the cap on the weekend. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so while we were out in Dublin, um, Hallett and myself had a great conversation around how hashtag Back the Girls Pod could get on board with supporting a Rugby 7 at 11 competition throughout this Women's Six Nations. So inspired by the women's TikTok Six Nations and especially after Wales' epic win over Ireland, we got to see Alicia Butchers have a little jig, a little, a little celebration post-match, but also because she won player of the match during that game and it got our brains ticking over and thought what a great idea so we thought if you send in to to rugby 7-eleven your try scoring celebration so think out of the box be as creative as you like and you get the famous words in we want rugby 7-eleven at our club get that somewhere in your video so we want rugby 7-eleven at our club in that video and get us tagged in so get uh, hashtag back the girls in there get at Rugby 7-Eleven in there and you could have the opportunity to win this summer a chance for Rugby 7-Eleven to host a camp for your club or your team totally free of charge. So myself, Rachel Taylor and Jess Kavanagh will come down to your club wherever you are in Wales. We will get at Rugby 7-Eleven out on tour and you have a chance to win a free camp for your team or your club. So like I said, 
Get your try scoring celebrations in, inspired by Alicia Butcher's off uh, the back of a Wales win versus Ireland. Get the famous words in. We won Rugby 7-Eleven at our club. Get tagging, get that video sent in to at Rugby 7-Eleven, spelt the Welsh way, and ha- enter this opportunity for a competition. What a great prize this summer. And we'll announce the winner at the end of this Six Nations. Please do get in touch. Remember on Instagram, it is Back the Girls Podcast. On Twitter, it is Back the Girls Pod. And just because we love to keep it simple, on email, it is backthegirls.pod at hotmail.com. Thank you. Bye. 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 Love you. Bye. 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 Bye.